Hello and welcome to Six Figure Authors, the show that helps you take your writing career to the next level. I'm Lindsay Baroker and I'm here with my two co-hosts. I'm Andrea Pearson. And I'm Joe Lallum. And you may have noticed from the time stuff that this is a short, just for sh- just for fun show this week, since it'll be coming out on Thanksgiving in the U.S. And um, because we just recorded the hour-long show that will come out the Thursday after that, and that one's going to be chock full of information, so make sure to download that one. But for this week, you know, we're usually pretty serious with our writing advice, but this week we're not. Um, there may be some nuggets of wisdom in here. Our topic is 10 ways to make sure your novel bombs, but we can't promise it. Um, it is from the perspective of career authors who have published enough books to have screwed up more than once. So <laughs> some of these we've actually done. So if you have two, don't worry about it. Just, uh, you know, possibly change tactics in the future. Do you guys have any thoughts before we jump in? We just, we'll, we'll have news coming next week. So I don't think we have any news. No thoughts? All right. We'll jump right into the topic. Uh, we'll each do three, I think. And then we've got a bonus one at the end from Joe. So number one. Money is probably tight, so save some money by doing your own cover art. Don't even buy stock photos. Just, just use what's available for free on the internet. Bonus points if you created an MS Paint and use fonts that were super popular in the 90s. And, and just to add a little wisdom, you know, don't do your own cover art. Even if you're a graphic, de- like if you're a graphic designer, there are occasionally people who successfully do their own cover art. But even if you have that background, it's kind of a special novels are a special thing you need to take put the time into learning how to do it and learn about the fonts for your genre and stuff and um yeah so that's my first one make your novel bomb by doing your own cover who's going next and i would add to that make sure you use memes on your cover because those are always really high quality (laughs) okay so mine is uh my first point is we all know it's important to reach as many regions and countries as possible so my first suggestion is to take on translations yourself Naturally, it doesn't matter if you speak uh, any of the languages you want to find readers through or not. The whole goal is just to get your books out there. So Google is a powerful website and translations done there are always perfect. We all know this. They are so perfect. In all seriousness, um, though, actually, that's something that was mentioned at the business uh, the romance author mastermind uh use google translate or another free software service to translate your whole book then hire a native editor to fix it up it's a billion times cheaper and the end product is basically the same so there you go uh use google translate and publish that without using an editor that's my my silly bomb your book tip make sure to do your own cover on the translated versions too all right joe's gonna bring us number three all right number three uh uh Release dates are super important. Uh, you're going to want to, you know, choose a release date that's extremely memorable. So you should make sure to pick a release date for your book that coincides with something else that's very memorable. Is there a, another best selling author in your genre with a really hotly anticipated release? Make sure you release your book on the very same day. People will respect you if you try to go dollar for dollar in advertising and compete for visibility against a major publishing house and a well established name. If you can't manage that, consider doing it on a day that your target audience is certain to be uh, in a book buying mood. New Year's Eve is a fantastic day, for instance, and maybe Christmas Day. Uh, If you're writing a book about football history, put it out on Super Bowl Sunday. You want it to be a day when everyone who might be able to enjoy your story will just be super excited and enthusiastic and therefore certainly will be buying your story. 
And uh, because if they're having fun and focused on something else, like a party or an event, that will be a great time for them to be thinking about buying a book. And if you listen to the show long enough, you know that I have made these mistakes uh, and have talked in the past extensively about that you should avoid any sort of uh, distraction on your release day to the point where we've actually talked about um, not even releasing on Tuesdays, which is the traditional book release day, because so many other books release that day. Yeah, we're like, don't le- don't do it during the political election season. <laughs> you know, I would be careful about launching a new series between like mid-November through Christmas, just because if you are going to spend any money on ads, ads tend to start costing a whole lot. All of a sudden, you're competing with all the other stuff, uh, especially like Facebook that's not Amazon book-centric, you know. Uh, Joe, I thought you were going to mention your April 1st book for sure. I released a book on April 1st. I released a book on uh, the election day 2016. So I have made this mistake twice, once by mistake and once on purpose. All right. Number four, world building. There should be so much world building in your novel. Ideally, you get it all in the first chapter. You spent 10 years building that epic fantasy world, and you've been running RPG games every Saturday night with your buddies for years in it. It's amazing, and you need to make sure you get every detail in there. Okay. You guys know we do not recommend that. You probably need way less details than you think you do, especially in those opening chapters. Get to the story, get them in there, fast paced, suck them in, sprinkle in the details later. You guys have any thoughts on that? Yeah. World building is very important to do tons of it in the first chapter. <laughs> all right. I'll pass it on to you for number five, Andrea. Okay. I'm impressed that you're keeping track of all this. I'm I'm numbering it as we go to make sure we actually get 10 and do not cheat the listeners out of this brilliance on their (laughs) face. They were releasing on Thanksgiving, much as Joe suggested we not do, at least with books. (laughs) Put our money where our mouth is. Yes. Okay. So number five, I had a so much fun writing this when I was giggling the whole time, guys. <laughs> okay. Uh, first impressions are so very important. We all know this. And we want readers and other authors to take us seriously because of our grasp on the English language. Guys, we know this language. It is our, it is our language, right? With that in mind, make sure you hit on the big stuff in the very first chapter. Pull out your thesaurus and not even just the first chapter, actually, throughout the whole book. Pull out your thesaurus and change every word to something obscure and hard to understand. And um Make sure you use the word moist at least 20 times. <laughs> also include the following words, chunky, curdle, fester, jowls, orifice, phlegm, secrete, and pustule. <laughs> I, just, I can't help but giggle. The title of your book should be The Moist Jowls of the Woman with Chunky Pustules. <laughs> I think I used moist in a book legitimately it was like talking about cake or something you know the pineapple upside down cake is moist and my beta was just like no no you can't don't use moist is this a romance author thing like i feel like nope it's It's an everybody thing nobody (laughs) no good no good moistness okay no i had a boyfriend uh when i was let's see in 2004 tell me don't use the word moist and i was like why not and he's like everybody hates the word moist (laughs) all right joe Uh, or did you have more to say, to say on the topic? Well, I was just going to say, did you want me to tell them what not to do or what to do instead? Oh, well, you can. I mean, so is big there... words. Don't try to impress people with your knowledge on the English on the English language. Don't don't just go with natural. 
it's fun to have a character who talks that way sometimes. It's that could be fun. Uh, also, it's just funny to me with like I'm looking at the list of words that you just read in the notes, and like there's so many ugly words like to describe ugly things that are really poetic and fun sounding. Like if I didn't speak English, I'd be like, oh, what a fun word pustule is. But um, so here's a, here's my advice: uh, uh, writing to market is a valuable tool. Uh, sometimes the most fertile market is not to your taste or strength. And uh, that why should you let that stop you? Sometimes marketing, uh, sometimes the market is, that's booming is one you actually despise. And if you want to bomb, go ahead and write in that market anyway. Don't bother researching the genre or familiarizing yourself with the tropes or the reader expectations. Make some broad assumptions about the audience and crank out a snide, sneering novel based upon what you imagine people like that must want. Uh, write a book that's positively disingenuous, a novel that shows something between disregard and outright disrespect for the readers. Uh, after all, these couldn't possibly be discerning customers who have a real affection for the subject and an enthusiasm for the storytelling. They're just shambling horde of trash readers who will gobble up anything that says it's the type of book that they're after. So make them feel that way with your condescending low-effort novel. And as an extra bonus, shooting for the absolute most popular genre means you'll be paying top dollar for advertising, too. Uh, I know so many people, like I have seen so many people posting in like uh, forums and stuff about how they're just going to, going to do a cash grab and write into this, you know, ah, it's trash. They all read trash anyway. I'm going to write a trash novel. Let me tell you, uh, people know when you don't respect the book that you're writing and it doesn't bode well. Like at your best, your best chance is that you're going to sell a lot of books in, on like the, the first three days and then have the worst review average you've ever seen. Like people, people know when you're not into it. I don't even think you're going to sell a lot of books. Like, I feel like everybody's like, oh, I'll just write romance because romance is obviously where the money is and super easy or erotica. And um, yeah, I, I've mentioned before that I find for me writing romance stories uh, like sci-fi or fantasy romance is easier for me than like an epic fantasy or like a space opera with a lot of anything with a lot of POVs and stuff. But all I mean to say is that it's, it's less work because it's a simpler story and it wouldn't necessarily need to be romance. But uh, yeah, I have no delusions that if I was like, Oh, I'm going to write contemporary romance or romantic comedy, obviously I'll hit the top 100. <laughs> it takes talent. Uh, it takes a lot of practice and it's an art whether people think so or not. I'm sure Andrea agrees because she's writing romance now. Did you want me to comment? Because I, I mean, comment. you don't have to. I thought you might have a, a thought on it. I don't have a thought on it, actually. My, my brain is done from the earlier episode. That's true. We are on episode number two. Okay, for the day. But number seven, when your book releases, make sure to ask all your friends family members and teammates on the bowling league to buy a copy all of them it'll goose the amazon algorithm and help you start selling tons and tons of copies um this actually worked kind of <laughs> like 12 years ago i've heard like i think it stopped working even before i started publishing at the end of 2010 where if you could sell a whole bunch of books in like the one hour time period Amazon would like, oh yeah, this is going to be a bestseller and start showing it to people. But it doesn't really work anymore. It's not that it's bad to sell a whole bunch of books right away necessarily. But when you uh, get people to buy your book, like let's say you wrote Epic Fantasy and they don't usually buy Epic Fantasy, it just confuses the heck out of Amazon's algorithms. It will try to show your book to people who buy things similar to what your bowling league buddies buy. So the hottest bowling league 
comedy books that they they pick up instead of epic fantasy readers and and you'll just it will die <laughs> a quick death and you'll just be like what happened so don't do that yeah don't do that <laughs> i i do have a thought on that and that was my thought <laughs> all right okay is this number eight this is number eight awesome so we all know that positive reviews sell books, but a lesser known fact is that negative reviews do too. If your book only has positive reviews, readers, readers will assume only your friends and family have read it or that you bought those positive reviews. So it's important to make sure you have negative ones right at the start. Part of your launch plan should be to find those reviews immediately and get them out of your book system by encouraging readers who hated the story to share their thoughts. Spam people everywhere with requests to buy your book. Run ads with images that only say, buy my book now, you imbecile. This isn't all you should do, though, to get negative reviews. When those negative reviews start coming in, and they will, highlight them to show how successful and professional you are by getting a negative review. Instead of sharing positive reviews with readers, share the negative ones. Put a one-liner in your book cover that shows just how taste distasteful readers found it. This was literally the worst book I've ever read right on your book cover guys <laughs> i think it goes i don't to know I, I feel like there are cases where this could actually work in your favor because <laughs> people are so curious about like, really or i i think we've talked about this before like if you like say you like sex scenes in your romance you don't not a clean romance fan but somebody reviewed a clean you know a sexy romance and said this was too dirty i they were so gross they were having sex on the page i hated it it was not wholesome at all and you're the reader who wants that in that case, you might be like, yeah, bring it on. I'm going to download that one. <laughs> or or say like, um, you know, if um, a, a political figure is like, this is the worst book ever. If you hate that political figure, you'll be like, hey, that's going to be a great book. <laughs> there's a uh, there's a, a, a book written by a guy uh, who has the Twitter account F and Birds. And it's it's a bunch. It's a collection of the tweets uh, of and they're very nice illustrations of birds with incredibly foul mouthed sayings underneath them. And the title of the book is and Birds. And it was being bought by people who like books about birds. And they were very confused. And he was highlighting all the bad reviews from people who didn't realize they were buying a book about foul mouthed birds. Uh, but yeah, it, it, in general, my favorite version of this, by the way, of the, the, the bad review thing is I've had people tell me that they left a bad review on purpose because they had heard that having a bad review makes it look like your reviews are more real. Uh, and I was just like, I trust my ability to not get a perfect score. I'm reasonably certain organic bad reviews will come along. Please don't put your thumb on the scale. <laughs> so yeah, don't, pursuing bad reviews is unnecessary. They are a natural byproduct of being an author. Uh, so number nine uh, is an important choice you need to make when writing a book is what point of view you'll write it in. Uh, most books are written in third person past tense. Uh, some genres work very well first person past tense. I've read one or two books that were written in first-person present tense, and that's a bit of a Hail Mary, but it can be pulled off. Well, if you really want your book to stand out, try second-person past tense. Uh, you walk into a room, you see a dead body, second-person present tense even. Uh, uh, talk about immersive storytelling. You're talking about the writer, uh, the reader. Uh, and heck, why limit yourself to past or present tense? Maybe experiment with future tense john will walk up the stairs he will have seen too much he will stare dead-eyed into the mirror uh maybe have it told in fifth person you know have it a whole story told from the point of view of someone who heard it from someone else who read it in a book 
Uh, it will certainly help you hit your word count because you're going to have very long dialogue tags. It's all going to be, I heard from a guy who said a thing. Um, basically, if you can diverge from the reader's expectation for the genre and formulate a way to make the words on the page feel really uncomfortable and unfamiliar with their delivery, you're, you're, fan you're on the right track. And uh, obviously, um, this is a situation where I have made this mistake. Uh, my my uh, first, I, I, so paranormal fantasy is usually done first person. Uh, and I didn't do mine first person, did third person the way I normally do. And uh, it was it was mentioned in a review that they they thought it was refreshing, but it wasn't a five star review, so they didn't think it was very refreshing. <laughs> but yeah, just it's a, a little refreshing, <laughs> just a little bit. Ah, don't do that again. I, I love the the pad the book with um, the he said she said. <laughs> so that's so great. <laughs> yeah, I feel like this is one where we can all think of examples where somebody did it and won a Hugo or something like that, <laughs> but. Um, just maybe do a first series if you're dying to be like literary, literary, creative, whatever. <laughs> um, but don't do all, don't make that your thing. Oh my gosh. Cause I've seen that where people have like 20 books and three series out and they're really frustrated. They're not making any money. They're like, they're trying to do fix their blurbs, do new covers. And I'll look at their sample pages and I'm like, why, why is this in like first person present tense for a space opera? You know, it's like, that is not that's not even typical for that genre. Um, you know, and like I said, you can try it, but if you're not making any progress, maybe just go right in third person fast. Like you're never, aside from Joe, who's refreshing, you're probably never going to turn off a reader by writing in third person fast tense. It's what most of us are familiar with, but there are a lot of readers that, um, just like, no, I, I won't even read first person. They don't care if it's first person present or first person future first person past was like i don't read first person books um and i honestly i've done the thing where i tried the the second person hugo award-winning book and i just like no not my thing i can't get past this i read i did read choose your own adventures as a kid and they're all in second person so maybe when you're younger you're more flexible with your what you're willing to read i don't know at this point i'm just like looking for reasons not to get past the sample pages because i don't want to waste my money on something i'm not going to finish but i i don't know i think it's partially i don't want to do the work to read a first a second person book <laughs> those choose those your own adventure i'm like it could be. just give me a story <laughs> yeah i mean and not all readers are the same some people will but often like if you're looking you know if you're questioning like why am i not able to break even or, or find success it could be something like that you just you know it's it's a little too avant-garde for the average kindle surfer on amazon look he's looking for a good old adventure story all right oh joe's got the last one number 10 go ahead joe i do have the last oh, by the way just in case uh one of our one of our listeners recognizes it the fifth person section there uh, is referenced. I think Mitch Hedberg, comedian, had a thing about writing a book in fifth person. So uh, if, if it sounded familiar, I, I was inspired. But all right. So number 10. And this is a this is a thing that not only will it almost certainly bomb your book, if you do it the wrong way, it could bomb a lot more than that. We talk a lot about how Amazon exclusivity uh, is is a valid tactic. And we talk about whether or not being wide or exclusive is the strategy that's right for you. If you want to think outside the box, don't pick. Uh, go ahead and put your book in Kindle Unlimited and then release it wide. Uh, is this against the terms of service? Yes. Will it get your book delisted? Probably. But why should you live your life in fear of what Amazon is probably going to do? Fortune favors the bold. Go ahead and call Amazon's bluff. 
And obviously, uh, in all seriousness, if you put your book up anywhere else, Amazon will find it and let you know. They will probably just delist your book. But I got to imagine if you're a serial offender, <laughs> they're going to find other ways to, to, you know, encourage you to stop doing that. Um, and also, um, Lindsay, I'm sure we'll talk about it, but like this happens against your will sometimes. And before we, we move off the topic too, um, your book can't be released in a paper, uh, in a, in a collective edition elsewhere either. This is a thing. This is a legit question. People ask sometimes if your book is Amazon exclusive, can you do a box set elsewhere that's not exclusive? And the answer is no. It's pretty clearly stated in the terms of service, but you got to actually read it. Yeah, actually, the question people always ask is like, I have this series, no, this series is wide. Can I put a, can I make a new book and make it exclusive so that it'll be in Kindle Unlimited? That's a box set of the series that's wide. And I, I've said on the show a number of times, no, you can't do that. But at least once a month, somebody asked and somebody was even saying like, I heard you said it's okay on your podcast. I'm like, no, because <laughs> I, I, I feel like everybody has that thought as a way to try to get around the rules and it's not cool. Amazon will let you know. And um, yeah, you have to be careful because sometimes when you are exclusive with Amazon, people will pirate your books and put them up on the other side. So that's how I've run afoul of that before and got it. They just send a notice and say, you've got five days to take it down from the other sites or we'll take it out of KDP Select. Um, but that's tough. If you, if he's pirated, you're not the one that put it up there. So you better hope that's where it pays to like have a, a rep or somebody, you know, that can reach out to those guys. Um, but hopefully that won't happen to you guys. Andrew, do you have any last thoughts on that? Um, I just, yeah, Amazon finds those books so fast. Like that's what they do. They find, they, they fiercely guard their rules. And so if they find your book, listed somewhere else they'll be they will email you so fast and i think a lot of us have experienced that it's not fun it always gives me like cold sweats so i'm like oh i did something wrong i did something wrong i need to fix it immediately <laughs> yeah i'm sure their bots are just constantly because they're always looking for stuff priced differently because you can't have stuff at a lower price on the other store so obviously if they find a book that's supposed to be exclusive they don't care if it's priced differently it's just there um but yeah so these have been the 10 ways to make sure your novel bombs i'm sure there are many 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 other ways that you could think of but since this is our short thanksgiving episode we're going to bid you a goodbye hope you enjoy your turkey if you're not in the u.s hope you enjoy whatever you're eating today <laughs> and um we'll be having a regular nice meaty one hour show coming up next week and we know because we've already recorded it so that we wouldn't have to record on thanksgiving either uh thank you for listening everyone and thank you to joshua pearson for producing the show you can find the show notes will there be show notes i guess i'll put something up there uh or leave a comment or question at sixfigureauthors.com with the number six we also have the six figure authors facebook group you can find uh, that by searching for six figure authors on facebook so and long, make sure everyone. you answer the correct question about Joe having the best beard. <laughs> uh, and also, give can it I away. Make a, <laughs> is it okay if I make a quick plug? Oh, yeah, yeah. For, sorry, sorry. I said yes and I forgot anyway because <laughs> that's how I roll. Well, we're all tired. Okay, so the NaNoWriMo Storyo Bundle, if you go to storybundle.com forward slash nano, you can grab, it's still up, I think, until like December 8th, the Story Bundle. It's like there's like 20 books by authors who are really great. Like um, Joanna Penn's in there. Mark Leslie Lefebvre's in there. Um, Ke Kevin McLaughlin's in there. I'm in there. Um, 
uh, Craig Martell, I believe is in it. Anyway, it's a whole bunch of books that are geared towards writing a really awesome book and publishing it and marketing and all of that, just basically having a really awesome package. So go to storybundle.com forward slash nano and grab your copy. And if you listen to this a year from now, there will be another one at storybundle.com forward slash nano. So go grab that copy too. <laughs> will you be in it? Are you in it every year? Uh, yeah, I've been in it every year. Kevin was basically like Kevin J. Anderson. He's like, yeah, Andrea, you can be in it pretty much anytime you have a new nonfiction book. So <laughs> All right. Hey, see everybody later. (laughs) Bye-bye, guys. (laughs) So long, everybody.